I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today. Live, you know, when I was growing up in school, I, I got told a lot, hey, attention, please. <laughs> there was, I was just, just that kind of kid. I wandered a little bit. And I think a lot of us do it. And, you know, today, I can't pick up my phone and, and just to, like, you know, check the weather forecast without getting going down the rabbit hole with five, ten other different things. I mean, it's just, it's it's a world that is constantly fighting for your attention, and it's easy to get distracted. And, you know, I was in church yesterday, uh, and I had to, a couple times, go, okay, stick with this sermon here, because I started thinking about lunch. <laughs> I started thinking about the project I was working on all afternoon. It's just, you know, we focus, uh, I don't know, is it a big deal? Is it okay to just go through life just, to, you know, like a squirrel, right? You know, we're going to talk about that today. My guest is Katie Westenberg, uh, author of, of a bunch of books. Actually, she's got this whole brave thing going on. You'll see it on her website and stuff. But this book is called But Then She Remembered. And what's she talking about? Well, we're going to talk about it today. You're invited to be a part of the conversation. This one, this one I think, will be an interesting one. Um, not as heavy as some of the other ones that we, we talk about, but I think an important one. And, you know, the goal here is to help you come out, you know, a little better, a little clearer in your thinking, a little more able to grow spiritually. That's kind of the whole theme here. So uh, great to have you here. If you're watching us live, uh, chat is open for the chat-enabled channels. You're invited to be a part of the conversation. I'll see you guys out there on Facebook and YouTube and somebody on Twitch. Yeah, okay. Katie, welcome to Life Today Live. Great to have you today. Thanks for having me, Randy. It's good to be here. So this is a bit of uh, a not a typical topic, like a book on attention, right, <laughs> or distractions. What, what's uh, what's the genesis of this for you? Yeah, it's funny that you say that because when I went and talked to the publishers about it originally, they were saying that is anyone really looking for a book on remembering? So yeah, it was fun. It was fun to kind of sell it to them first, but it it came from a, a couple places. First of all, most of my writing comes from just time spent in the word and things I've noticed. So several years ago, I was just reading cover to cover, one of those times where you're trying to take in the whole of scripture. And the theme of remembrance just stuck out to me when we're commanded to remember and what happens when God's people forget. And I, I just recognized that I hadn't thought a whole lot about that. Like, do we remember? And all these things that God put in place, the memorials, the stones, right? So God's people would remember, and then he would command them to pass that on to the next generation. And um, often, like we do today, God's people would forget, they'd get distracted. So that was going on in my own reading and studying. At the same time, I have four kids, three of whom are teenagers. Mm. And so we're living in this world of rampant distraction. I don't think distractions are necessarily new, but I do think they have reached a feverish pitch. So I'm trying to navigate those things on my own when they're closer than ever before, and then also lead my kids in them. So leading them well has caused me to focus a little bit more, like how do we survive in this culture? How do we remember when we're so tempted to forget and there's all of these incoming noises and voices that really what became was what became the genesis of this book you so you still homeschooling all those kids well i graduated one so they're okay. decreasing in that manner <laughs> <But yes. laughs> that i mean that right there i mean uh, oh that i admire that uh and actually i i don't want to play it up as being too difficult because i think more and more people are going to have to move that way into this culture but that aside do you really think that that's sort of the 
the downside of the distractions that we live in is the fact that we tend to kind of forget the important things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's what we, it's the problem that we don't always recognize. We can realize that these distractions, be it the phone or these streaming services, you know, we sit down to watch Netflix and all of a sudden we're watching hours or any of those things. These news feeds are designed to take up our time to keep our eyes focused on them. So we can look at maybe our screens and see how much time we spend on that and be like, man, I don't know if that's any good. (laughs) And there's research that supports that 60 plus percent of Americans would say they're addicted to their phones. So we, we look at that surface issue that that's kind of a problem, but I don't really know what to do about it. But I think really the greater issue behind that is when we are distracted, distracted, what are we missing out on? Are we really loving God with our minds? And when we have distracted minds, does it lead to a distracted heart? That's the kind of deeper issue issue that I address in the yeah. book. Okay, well, go ahead. What what are we missing out on? And what 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 do you think God sort of showed you in the scripture as you were studying and these things were jumping out at you? Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing, the, the grace and all of it is that he knows our frame. When we look at the scripture, he he set up so many reminders for us, right? I love in the beginning of Philippians 3, when Paul is writing, he says, I write these things to you. It's no trouble for me, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's for your safety, right? It's no trouble for me, and it's safe for you to be reminded of all these things. And we see in the scripture repeated themes again and again. We see God's faithfulness in the Old Testament mm. repeated again and again. Remember what God did at the Red Sea. Remember what he's done. So just having those jump out at me makes me think God designed it this way. He knew we'd be terrible forgetters. So sometimes when we look at, like I said, those screen times, those minutes we've wasted, we can fall into a shame cycle pretty easy. Like that's Mm. terrible. I'm bad at that. I want to improve those numbers as if God is up there keeping score. Like, man, Katie's minutes are high this week. You know, that's not really (laughs) how he's doing it, but he has grace and compassion on our frame. He knows people throughout history have been good forgetters, but he also made our brains to work well here. And he also said, I need you to love me with all of your mind, not just your soul, not just your heart, but I want you to love me with your mind. So when we look at that command, then we can ask the question, how can I do that? Like, how can I spend my minutes a little more widely if I if I can't really find time to be in the word, but I seem to find plenty of time to look at other people's house paint colors online or, you know, whatever things we're scrolling through that are taking our attention. How can I reorient this more to honor God with the minutes I do have? Yeah. Uh, people people getting attacked by whales. That was my weekend thing. So <laughs> right? <laughs> not, not the most. <laughs> I don't know. I, but that's, we are. We are like that. But I hear you saying that part of remembrance is not just remembering ourselves, but remembering what God's done throughout. I mean, so, I mean, you, if you wonder, you know, what, what is it to remember? There's so much in Scripture. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is, is really proper remembering broader than just my own experience? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's that experience that is so necessary when we hit the trials in life, right? Mm -hmm. Because those are the things that often surprise us. And it might be in our personal life. It might be a diagnosis. You know, all of a sudden things are leveled. We thought we were going one direction and it's not happening anymore. Or you lose a job or you lose a loved one, right? Everything, the world stops at that point and everything changes and, and we don't even know what to do. Or it could be on the world stage. We can look at politics and think, man, like I, I kind of feel like this thing is spinning out of control or the world news, you know, and it really feels super intense. Like I don't even know what to do with this. And the question I love to ask there is, 
is who is God here? What am I believing to be true about God here? And so I need to have a foundation of knowledge to, to go back on. If I haven't, if I don't have any knowledge in there in the first place, that then I'm missing out on that fuel, that faith that I know who God is and I know who he's going to be tomorrow. Right. And that's what the Bible's full of. So I don't have only those experiences in my own life, but I do, I can go back in my history with God. Like, where has he been in those trials? Where has he been in the trials of the life of my family, mm. my parents, my mm. grandparents? That's that history. Thankfully, you know, not everyone's raised in the church, but we can see his faithfulness throughout generations. We can use borrowed stories of missionaries. I love to read stories of Corey Ten Boom or Elizabeth Alley, any of those missionary stories, they're amazing. Like, help me borrow their faith, see what who God was then. And then just, just the entirety of scripture. Like I saw what God did at the Red Sea. Do I do I believe that's the same God? Mm. And when we do, that changes how we view these really difficult things. It doesn't change their difficulty. It's still scary when we read the news or when we get the diagnosis, but it changes how we respond because we know who God is and was and will be. As you were kind of, you know, having a raised awareness of this, having to write about it and, you know, do the research, there's work involved in, in a book. God bring anything from your life to your remembrance that maybe just kind of illustrated exactly what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so many things. It's the, it's the biggest like challenge of being a writer is when you write about something, you're going to be challenged in it like mm -hmm. any speaker. Anytime we try to live out a message, we're going to be challenged in it specifically. But um, I, I, so with my first book, I tell a little bit of my story when I had a pregnancy that was really, really difficult and it was challenged from the very beginning. And I ended up losing my first daughter at 21 weeks. So I was over halfway through the pregnancy and she was stillborn. And, and so I, I wrote out that story of learning to fear the Lord through really, really hard circumstances. But the interesting thing, I mean, that was see 17 years ago now. So I was pretty young and, um, I didn't love everything about that story. I mean, obviously there were hard parts, but I didn't even love my own faith. I wasn't like, it wasn't like this robust faith that got me through everything. Sometimes I just think that I, that I, I wish I could have done that differently. I wish I would have trusted God more through that. Mm -hmm. Did I even grow at all? And then when you live through something kind of a unique experience like that, people like to ask you when they have friends who are going through similar circumstances. And I think, you know, what did I even learn? Did I learn enough? Mm -hmm. And so midway through, actually it was just before was when I was writing uh, my last book, but just before I wrote this one, I my dad had a humongous health scare and his heart just almost failed overnight to where it, he was healthy and then it's just everything turned, right? All of one of those sudden experiences, he had a quadruple bypass surgery, it didn't go well, he languished in the hospital and it's just all of a sudden here we are that this, this looks like it's the end. And um, it was in that time that it felt so much like losing my daughter. Not, none of the circumstances were the same, but that um, like desperate dependence on the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like, what can you do here when it feels like it's it's really all out of my control and just falling apart and just all bad? Like, what could be good here? This is just wholly bad. And it was at that point when I realized my faith had increased so much because I knew who God was here. Like I knew what you've done. I know the good you brought out of really, really hard things. I saw how you changed me and you grow me and grew me. And I don't know if I understand the details of all of it, even at this point. I don't know if I will till I get to heaven when I learned the full entirety of the story and God's goodness and all of it. But he had done some really good growth there. You know, 15 years it took me to really realize that when you're in that, that in the valley again with the Lord and you think, wait. But I know something here. I know that God is faithful because that experience had been so very near. So it was really interesting to go through that at the same time that you're writing and learning, you're living it at the very same time. Yeah, and, and that brings up an interesting point because um, a lot of people don't want to remember, especially people that have, have suffered a lot in life, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know, abuse, uh, loss, all these, these kinds of things. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> what do we do with the painful parts of our past? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not an easy one. And I, I thought about that a lot when I was writing the book. I don't have some of those really hard parts that other people have in their stories. What does that look like when that was your childhood and the people you trusted the most failed you, mm-hmm. right? What does yeah. that look like? And um, the, the most courageous thing I can think of doing in that is asking God where he was in all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, can you help rewrite my story? Sometimes we we form stories in our minds that aren't even really true. We form beliefs about God around certain circumstances. So to unpack that with him, and, and oftentimes that's with the help of a really good counselor too, right? A really good Christian counselor who can help us walk through those hard things. But if I know God is faithful, if I believe he doesn't leave or forsake us, God, can you help me rewrite those memories? Can Mm. you help me see who you were and how you were faithful, even in something that seems insanely desperate and just wholly wrong? Can you help me see your goodness there? And I believe that's a prayer he likes to answer. Yeah, and honestly, I I, I think, you know, you're not going to get any value out of the pain if you you don't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's, you know, the the whole scripture about, you know, God... um, using everything for good, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, you don't take good things and magically make something good out of it. Cause they're already good. <laughs> you know, it, oftentimes it's those, it's those bad things where you go, how, how can something good ever come out of this? Yeah. And then God makes something good come out of it. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. to say that the bad things are good. They're not, they're bad. The bad things are bad. Right. And that's the beauty right. of making, finding something good in it. Uh, and certainly scripture does that. All right. I want to show people the book again. This is, but then she remembered by Katie Westenberg available now, or you get books and you can also go to katiewestenberg.com uh, and see her other books. Find out the, find out how brave she is. Um, <laughs> the, what was the one, the big one that did um, really well was I choose brave. Right. I think that was, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. good. Um, the, the idea of remembering, um, I, I think a part of the issue for some people is that we tend to glorify the the big things in human terms. Does that make sense? Um, you know, uh, if if I've lived a pretty average life, uh, in 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 the eyes of the world, right? As you are a mother raising children at home. That's what my wife did, you know, um, but to me, that's that's like the the beautiful thing, you know. She's not she's not famous, you know. She hasn't traveled the world and you know won awards, and she's been faithful uh, in in the little things. Uh, and to me, I think in God's economy, that's actually big. And you touch on this a little bit. I, I forget what it is that someone says that you know. God lives in the details. Uh, mm-hmm. You talk about G.K. Chesterton talking about the mundane. Mm-hmm. What can we find in the seemingly unimportant or small things, according to the world, that are actually very big to God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really a reorientation of our perspective yeah. and, and not living on the world's terms. And I think when we spend too much time in the space of social media, it's very easy to get distracted <laughs> in that, right? Because we're looking at someone else's vacations and we're looking at their cute clothes or whatever else can draw their cute grandkids. I don't know, whatever else can draw our mind away. Um, but that's kind of the interesting thing about this position. 
I guess I find myself in now because I am still mothering and doing those things. And, um, and so it's kind of like, I, but I also get to write and get to speak a little bit. So I have a foot in both of these worlds. And, and my, the biggest prayer I have had is that Lord, like, help me realize that it's, I'm worshiping you as much when I'm washing the dishes as I'm doing anything else. And, and I think that's really sweet to see in other people's lives, just those lives lift out of faithfulness, faithfulness. There's a sketch in my book about a woman at my church whose funeral I attended and just to hear every single person who got up and spoke about her speak about her faithfulness to God and how she loved the Lord and how she did it in the, the littlest ways. And I can't imagine how the Lord was smiling over her and for her family to hear the testimony that was given by her life. Yeah, it didn't reach far and wide to thousands, but it impacted life lives for generations. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's that also helps with the minutes that we just kind of spiral away, right? Because yeah. Could could I be honoring God right? Could I be worshiping Him right now? If I really believe that I can be worshipable in washing sheets and making beds and being a faithful provider for my family, if it's you know that that's your calling to do any of those things, can I do this with a heart that sees that I'm going to walk by the Spirit here, God? Can you change my mind and my heart about how I think about these things? Like worship isn't just a moment in our church service. It's mm. a life I want to live. And that really does reorient our perspective on some of those things. It, it does. And I think that it's really healthy also to to get out of the mindset of ministry is over here in the same way that we say, look, church isn't just Sunday mornings, you know, mm. uh, that, that, okay, I go think about God for an hour while the, some guys up on stage talking, you know, and then I go live my life the rest of the rest of the time. Um, our, the church I, I attended for a long time, uh, had a sign over the door when you walked out that said, said, you know, church begins when you leave this building, <laughs> you know, as a reminder that, that we get outside the walls. And, and when we realize that wherever we're at is ministry, uh, whoever's in front of us is our near one, our neighbor, uh, you know, the Greek connotation there that God has not just put us in a place where nothing matters. And, you know, to me that that helps sort through the distraction and, and live more intentionally, if I can use that phrase, kind of a, mm -hmm. I, I hear that phrase a lot, but I, I like the idea of it, which says that, okay, no, God has me here with this person. I have a possibility here if I just don't get distracted by the other things and keep the keep the main thing the main thing. Right. Um, yeah. How important is that? Because you can look in Scripture and and see if people could have missed opportunities all over the place, and there are illustrations of that because they kind of forgot who they were and where they were and what their mm -hmm. overall purpose was. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. And isn't that the real challenging time? Like it's easy yeah. for me to pretend like I'm ministering on Sunday when I'm all showered with my good clothes on, you know, sitting <laughs> next to someone in the pew. But when you walk out that door is when it gets gritty, right? When, when you have other things you want to get done, I'm on a mission. I have to get these things done. I have a work schedule. I have a busy life. Mm -hmm. And it's those interruptions in our lives that really derail us. And, and we talk about that in the book, just that Jesus was amazing with interruptions. He was interrupted all the time. Yeah, I think about, man, how exhausting would that be? He's going to take a break. He's going to go to the other side of the sea, right? And people are like racing to beat him there. How exhausting would that be? And yet he saw that as part of the mission. He met those people with compassion, the people that were right in front of him. 
he's on his way to perform a miracle and there's a woman reaching out with the issue of blood like they stalled him and stopped him all over and i find in my own life that i'm often irritated by interruptions right like i i was doing something good i was going to go do good ministry over there and all of a sudden someone calls me and needs help you know or there's a kid in front of me that's having a bad day and needs to i don't really have time for a bad day right now i have i have important things i'm going to do you know it's easy for my mind to think that and not see the interruption as the really good work. And so we talk about the difference between distraction and interruption because I'm happy to give my weight at distraction sometimes. Mm. I can get on that phone and two minutes that I'm looking for a recipe can turn into 15 minutes and I'm in my own thing over here, but then I get irritated when these interruptions come because someone else has interrupted what I wanna do. So it's really just lending your heart to what's in front of you, just like Christ did. Can I see those interruptions, Lord, as eternal work that you have for me to do, as this is the ministry? Can you change my mindset there? How do you know the difference between the two? Because <laughs> they can feel they can feel similar, right? Yeah, yeah. And I would posit that Jesus was never distracted. He, I mean, he he was interrupted, but he was never distracted, right? And when he was interrupted, he went about his way on that same mission, right? He was not derailed from what he was doing. He dealt with compassion with whoever was in front of him, and then kept going about his work. Mm-hmm. So it's usually my intentions that make the difference. It's my heart positioning in it, right? I choose my distractions often, mm-hmm. and I pick up that phone. And that's the hardest thing about distractions being so near is that often we start with good intent. Like there's real good work that we do on mm-hmm. our phones and such. There are sure. tools that are, uh, enable us to do good work in the world. And so I start there, but then all of a sudden I'm down some rabbit trail of why am I reading <laughs> about Prince whoever and whatever, like this, is this what I want to be, you know, yeah. doing with my time? So we start with good intentions and it's just the desires of my heart that I want to align. And I think the Holy Spirit helps us in those things. You know, in John 14, it says that he will teach us all things and help us remember all the things that he's, that he taught you, that Jesus taught you. Is what he's telling to the disciples in that. So if you are my teacher and if you are the one who helps me remember, can I ask for you to convict me quickly? Like I might get derailed still. I might be on the phone, but as soon as I think, why am I looking at this? Is this something that's even valuable that I want to be doing with my time? Like, can I be obedient to that conviction? So that's just what I pray for is really quick re- conviction and then quick reflexes to reset toward obedience. Yeah. How I, We got a guy here, our, the senior producer for the broadcast show, that dude remembers things from 30 years ago that I'm like, how seriously do how in the world do you remember all these things? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm not that way. You know, I, I, I couldn't tell you the topic of a week, uh, an interview from two weeks ago, you know, sometimes they'll come back and ask me, Hey, how was this guest on the program? And I'm like, uh, what are we talking about? I have to have repetition. Mm-hmm. Uh, is maybe not everybody's as bad as I am, but, how much of repetition, you know, I mean, I can go read a scripture and be like, I know I've read this before, but I didn't realize it said that. Mm-hmm. How much of repetition is important in remembering the things that we need to remember? Yeah. Well, if you look at the science behind memory, there's two ways that things are stored in our brain. First is when we encode them. So when we're putting them in. Mm -hmm. So we like to lean hard on the side of things like when we were in high school or college and you're cramming for a test, like we're just get it in there and hopefully I can spit it out in the morning. right? (laughs) Right, Right. But the second part that we often neglect is the recall. Right. So when we retrieve those memories and get them out again, it's connecting those memories in our brain to form them more strongly. So that's always kind of interesting to me. I can read an article that that was so interesting or a book. It was a fascinating book. 
And then a week later, someone asked me about it. Like, I, it was really good. I don't really remember what it was about, <laughs> right, right? right? But when we tell the story about that article, I just read this article and it was so fascinating. I just read this chapter of the Bible. Can I discuss Galatians 4 with you? And when then I'm solidifying those memories in my own brain. That's the way God designed our brains to work. So I love that, that repetition of being obedient about let the redeemed of the Lord say so. My saying so, my sharing that story is not only passing it on to you, but it's solidifying that work in my own brain. Yeah. 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 You know, that is, that is absolutely true. That's a good, that's good. Um, that's a good habit. I think for any of us to, to kind of cultivate, uh, any other tips, any other habits you like to talk about that help us not be distracted and remember kind of our purpose and what God's done and, and, and the good things, you know, focus on the, whatever's lovely, true and right. Right. (laughs) They're not always like fancy and fun, but I think scripture memorization is is so vital. I think that's something we often relegate to childhood and just don't do as we're older. And I do think some people's memory works so much better than others. Like if we we would all be, right. you know, brilliant if we could remember half the things we learned. But if I'm going to set my heart on memorizing a few things, then I I work we like exercise that muscle of memory by memorizing scripture. And yeah. then when those times come, when we talked about like when your world shifts just a tiny bit off axis because you get the diagnosis or the world news, um, it, it's different to take in scripture then. I, I, I'm i pretty disciplined with reading my Bible. And it's those times when everything is shifted in my mind, it's just spinning. Like what is going on? And I'm trying to figure it out. I sit down and I could read the same paragraph three times and it's not getting in, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the truth that's already planted in my heart and mind at that point that I'm going to recall. That's what Corey Tenboom did, right? Mm-hmm. My pastor said the other day, most of the scripture he's memorized and he can just quote like that is scripture he memorized before he was 20 years old, right? It, like that stuff sticks with you because the word does not return void. So it's not a very fancy thing to do. And I'm telling you, it's not easy. Like I work hard at scripture memorization and I'm just in awe of how thick my brain can be at times. <laughs> like, man, I, I've been trying for three days on this verse. But when I look at like the Psalms and it talks about meditating on his word day and night, scripture memorization is a pretty easy way to do it because I'm just rolling those words over Mm. in my brain, trying to get them to stick and slowly, but surely they do. It's not anything fancy that in, you know, in in a week I can quote, you know, a whole chapter for you. I can't, but it's good and faithful work. That's not only utilizing the muscles of my own mind that God made, but it's getting his word in my heart and my mind regularly. And, you know, I I do think an important part of that is getting rid of all the distractions because I, I think we're limited into what we can absorb and if we're absorbing too much of inconsequential, unimportant things, uh, I, I do think it makes it harder to remember and absorb and recall the important things. So uh, I think you're I think you're onto something. What's been the reaction as as you've talked about this? Because uh, again, it's not you know you had to pitch it to your to your publisher and explain mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, when's the last time someone called and said, can you come give us a speech on distraction? You know, <laughs> probably not a lot, but as you've, as you've kind of gone about it, what's been the reaction? It's been really positive, actually. Yeah. And I think people have this underlying uncomfortability with the distractions in their life. They know it's kind of an issue, but yeah. when we don't know how to address it, it, it's kind of just like a cancer we let grow. grow. 
like, hmm, I, I don't know if this is, is it really a problem? Mm. Is it kind of just how we do life now? Is this just kind of the new normal? Um, but when we peel back the layers and see what is lost, when we see that our attention spans are shrinking, you know, so our minds aren't quite as capable as they they were at one time, um, what, what is to be lost? And when we look at that and look at that God gave us real solutions in his word. Like mm. he knows our frame. He knows we're good forgetters. None of that is new to him. But by his Holy Spirit, we can respond differently to this when there really is a different option that I think people have been really interested to listen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very, very interesting. All right. I want to show people your website. This is katiewestenberg.com. Katie Westenberg. All E's, by the way. Uh, and Berg.com, if you're listening. Um, and you can you can follow more and there's our lovely family uh, oh my god this kid. what a great what a great thing right um last word from you is there anything you want to you want to add before i let you go anything i missed or just if i can't remember everything we've talked about in this interview what's the one thing that i should remember or if your listeners can't remember everything we said right yeah. i would just challenge them to think about being a remember what does that mean in my family what does that mean in my legacy what do i remember from my own parents and grandparents like taking the time to think through that and what kind of legacy do i want to leave what do i want to pass on what needs to be said what can i do to just become a person who remembers what god has said and orient my life in that direction i think the desire to do that is the first step yeah uh, it's good i like this this i can do this yeah, <laughs> that's, that's appreciated thank you katie yeah. i appreciate your time <laughs> and your insight and i appreciate all you guys out there watching uh, i share this with somebody and go you'll find this interesting uh, and then maybe watch it again next week in case you don't remember all of it <laughs> so, sorry too easy uh, appreciate you being here. If you haven't liked, followed, or subscribed, uh, please do that. We'll bring more to you, and I'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. Nobody can prevent you from doing the will of God.